All right, Daniel. Well, these things happen. United lost at Arsenal and Arteta and his tight trousers were bouncing up and down the touchline. Bit disappointing. Yeah, to concede two late goals in four days or whatever it is, is a massive pain in the arse and reflects an attitude, I think, where the Palace game, we tried to see it out and get a win. And this one felt like probably didn't have the quality to do anything very much different to what actually happened in that final 20 minutes. We just, in the end, got beat by a team that are a year further along than we are. Well, true. Yeah, I I was a little disappointed that we got deeper and deeper and deeper and Vekor stayed on all the time. It wasn't even sticking with him. So I was like, isn't there an opportunity to change how the pattern of this game is going? Because United just spent the last 20 minutes getting deeper and deeper and felt like that kind of thing could happen. So that was a disappointment. I felt like the reason reason Vekor stayed on was that he was the only potential out ball, really. Let's say you bring on Garnacho for him, then you're hoping for someone to lump one into space. Really, you're yeah, not. Yeah. You know, you're not going to alleviate pressure. I thought, I, I thought the changes he should have made were, I would have brought on Fred for Ericsson and Garnacho for Anthony. Because yeah, well, either yes, either way round, yes. I mean, Ericsson, I understand he 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 kept it on because he wants to try and keep the ball. United weren't doing that at all, and it got to the point where we. We couldn't close. We couldn't stop the ball going through the lines because McTominay doesn't do that in the way Casemiro does. And and then so what happened? United squeezed the space, and it was kind of inevitable. And then you're you're just relying on hoping to defend deep all of the time. And United did that pretty well for the most part. The defending but, deep bit, but there but, was just those few times, and it wasn't the first time when we saw the ball bobbling about in the box, whether on the ground yeah, or yeah. in the air. And when you allow that to happen, as you say, yeah, exactly. I don't it's, think it's that we were good enough. Yeah, I don't think we were good enough to stop the flow of the game. But could we have had the bobbling about bit going on ten yards further forward? Yes, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think no, probably I, I fully we could. Agree, yeah, yeah. And that I, is I was surprised ultimately um, on the centre backs. I would say, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's. It put a load of well, the centre backs were under a load of pressure. Were also under pressure out wide because their two wide players, Martinelli and Saka, do the same thing basically, which is get it wide and cut inside. And so the pattern's pretty clear there. And and so they do they do have options, Arsenal, but not that many options. And I think the disappointing thing is, although they were moving the ball much faster than us, that we didn't find a way of changing that at all. And and. So Vekhorst was more theory than practice in terms of giving United an out ball. It didn't really... I, I like him with the <laughs> ball at his feet. He's not bad, but we weren't uh, getting, getting it to him. So, yeah. At 27, is he an Ormond droid? <laughs> he, he, he was a lot better than he was at Palace. At Palace, I said to my dad afterwards that he is just a car horse. Yeah, he's so slow that he's very I slow. can't believe... Even though I think he'll get better... That's what he's capable of. I can't believe he'll get better enough. And he did, he, but maybe I, and I, I said, like, I don't want to be hasty in just watching someone for well, however long he played and saying he's crap. But I got, he just didn't look to be the class that's required, which I guess is why we've signed him on loan. But he, 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 he was yeah. better today. But we need to send it forward. And we saw it. And we need another midfield player as well. And we saw that. Yep. <laughs> we need a right yep. back. We saw that. Those are the. Those yeah, yeah. are the three areas yeah. of this team that need sorting. 
Yes, and, and potentially even the keeper as well, although I think it's more likely that Davies is going to sign on for another four years. So that one won't happen. Yeah, I mean, we saw all the failings. So the disaster that that it felt like after Casemiro got booked on Wednesday and we conceded that last goal, like the worst case scenario played out. Yeah. Yes. Like the, McTominay is not just... as good defending as Casemiro and he's not as good with the ball as Casemiro. He's not as intelligent <laughs> as Casemiro. is not as good as Casemiro. I know, I know. for further insights from us. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even as good looking as Casemiro. It, it, the drop-off in quality uh, is huge. I, I don't, like, one of my mates actually is, I mean, he was he's the Stonewall goalkeeper, or he used to be, and now he's a Stonewall coach, and he's big home the way United fan. And one of the games we have played on our way to away games is him picking his United 11 that I would give one to. Right. And McTominay was in that three years ago. Oof. And he has, I learned. Bold choice. You know, I learned at the game, actually, at Palace, because he was there and another one of someone who plays for him at Stonewall was also there. And they were both saying that McTominay has come on in leaps and bounds and is now definitely a permanent fixture in, in their team. <laughs> so so I, I have to challenge you on that point. All right. But, but he's not. <laughs> I, I, that, I have to admit, I'm not the expert. So I will defer to the experts on whether McTominay is hot or not. Harvey um, Casemiro, I, but yeah, I mean Casemiro. Yeah, I wouldn't, cute. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it. Yeah, he's yeah, cute maybe it's Casemiro cute rather than hot. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's got like very chitchy cheeks. But I, what on earth was he doing on Wednesday night? And when he got booked, there was actually yeah. a couple of occasions before he got booked when he would have been booked if the player, if the Palace players hadn't got out the road of <laughs> these agricultural challenges he was trying to play. Yeah, in. yeah. But well, it's I, it, I think it is a it's a facet of Casemiro's play as good as he has been for United since coming that his physicality has dropped off that he's making more aggressive tackles than he used to do and I, I think that's I think that's fairly clear it's clear in the data as well that he's he's making more challenges than normal and it may be part of just the nature of where this United side is versus a Madrid side that kept the ball all the time and um, the nature so of the English the, game perhaps bit of the nature of the English game he's he's throwing himself into more challenges and so it was a risk I mean the one he got booked for at Palace was particularly dumb because Varane was on the cover and it was quite wide anyway and the chances of scoring with Varane and beating Dave from that position are very very low so but he's he's mostly very intelligent it was just a dumb one talking of dumb and uh, and I think it's fair to call this out as being dumb Wan Bazeka at fault for two of Arsenal's goals basically I mean I couldn't even like I haven't had a chance to watch it back apart from the replays, which really only showed the final moments. But the first one when he's in the left back position, I don't know how he gets there in the first place. So why is he on the wrong side of the pitch? Bruno has to close the ball down, doesn't do it, and then and then when Pesaka doesn't scan, you can see as the as the ball moves out, he has one look over his shoulder and he doesn't do it again, and he just misses Enketia running past him. It's criminal defending. It really is so bad. Yeah, it's very just so wild. bad. And then. And then playing the the player on side was totally unnecessary for the winning goal. Just shocking. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Anyway. Very, very one Bissaka. Very one Bissaka. It's not the to thing be confused he with work. one with one with one matter, but extremely <laughs> one. But I mean, I said it to you last week when we spoke that he lost Grealish for the goal that City scored. Yeah, and he, at his age, if he's not learned to be aware of what's going on behind you at the back post by then. I mean, it seems so simple, but 
what but he he's he's not capable and he again like he played all right at palace he played all right today apart from the fact that he was at fault for two goals and yeah yeah i know well it's kind of crucial isn't it they they actually they record this data right so the amount of times the player scans and looks around and and classically it's your central midfielders your creative players who do that yeah i i think if they'd recorded it at the time paul skulls would probably been scanning three times a second right it was brilliant at it it just knew what was around him all the time and Wampasaka doesn't do that at all and it's one of those things that a coach will have the data on and should be able to go dude you need to look around you in order to know what's going on on the it's, football it's pitch. really weird it's like when you see certain players and they have little things that they do that should be remediable in literally a conversation so yeah no one did anyone ever say to Berbatov look after you've taken the ball down like that and spread it wide run like fuck to get into the box <laughs> right like it's a sentence yeah, yeah. just do that every time and I know Berbatov plucks one out of the sky and like admires his own first touch for a, a couple of minutes doesn't he yeah yeah like it, with Defair as well come off your line and catch some crosses push your defense like literally just do that it's not beyond you yeah and yet he ha- hasn't done it for years I mean he did actually come for a crossing today and uh, he did palm it away he did, but, he did yeah and he, uh, he caught a couple and, and then palmed one softly out yeah but hey, it's look these details matter for a team that's trying to trying to push well I, I, I guess we can we can stop talk of the title challenge now but was trying to push for the top places in the league these things really matter because the details matter i think uh, that, and, yeah we're, we're a year yeah. behind arsenal and all, like they're Here now, and a few signings yeah whatever exactly they're now signing players to refine the team they're signing options yeah. And they're signing promising players. We we need a couple of two or three first eleven players still before we, before we get to that point. But also, I think one thing that also was telling was you could see to me that one side had played in midweek and one side hadn't. For sure, yeah, and and it is a big advantage. De Gea called it out after the Palace game. He, uh, I mean, it's 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 the quirk of the fixtures having to find that uh, the one that was um, quirk of the, the Queen dying. Postponed. And having to shove it in somewhere right at the last moment, and it's cost us both. You know, we were knackered in midweek, and and played an extra game today, and lost Casemiro, and it's all because of that fixture being stuck in midweek. So I can I can understand why they might all because of that penalty we that. didn't get in midweek. If we get that penalty in midweek, yeah, then Casemiro gets substituted, and he's there today, yeah, yeah. and we and we win. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, and and I mean, if we want to have a a big moan about stuff, we're, we're also playing two fixtures against Barcelona, which we should never have been been playing because of the handball. <laughs> I so... mean, I'm not, I'm not very. I absolutely loved what Ten Hag said actually about the penalty. He said, "Yeah, in midway, you have to accept decisions from VAR from the referees." Yep. I look in the mirror. I look to my team. I look to my own managing and coaching, yep. and I say, "Invest more for the second goal." Then you avoid situations you are dependent on the referee. And yes, he's totally right. Bang on, and managers refusing to do that is one of the reasons why we've had the greatest feeling in the world, the scoring of a goal, diluted by us having to wait to see if we're going to make twats yeah, of ourselves yeah. by yeah. celebrating and Val's going, to, Val's going to take it away from us. And one of the major reasons we have that, we've compromised that unmatchable feeling, is managers blaming referees instead of taking responsibility themselves and saying, yeah, you should have played well enough to win whatever the referee did. No, no, as, uh, he's he is absolutely right, and I think that that sense of taking responsibility was massively. We've talked about it before, right? It was hugely missing from this side. No one was accountable, and Ten Hag is saying you have to be accountable. I mean, he said after the game today that that mistakes matter for a top team. We're trying to be first. Not being first counts, 
and mistakes matter. And he's called it out and he's obviously gone into the dressing room after that game. He doesn't feel like the teacup throwing type, but said like those errors that you made are why you lost today. And and so United should be accountable for that. I mean, part of the challenge, of course, is that once you get past our first, what, 11 or 12 players, it starts to feel a bit thin. And and that's that is that is a challenge for him. But we're growing, and we're not spending money this this winter. Arsenal spend money. Chelsea spent money. Liverpool have spent money. I don't think City have, but a lot of teams are. And that may I think matter City a just lot bought in the some second. Argentinian young yeah. Argentinian midfielder. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. From, no idea. Who yeah, he yeah. Is no, nothing he is, about him. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, that may well matter at the end of the season, depending on injuries, and especially if we're in go further in the FA Cup. If we happen to get past Barcelona in the the Europa League, this this could well count against us. In but a way, the moment, actually, it's quite good that we've drawn Barca at this stage. In that, if we're going to lose to Barca, we may as well get it done now. Then lose to Barca and in not the sem- have the, the semi final, having sure. played a whole bunch of other fixtures in the process. So yeah, actually, it's not it's not the end of the world having to play Barca now. I don't think, but I think we probably us Barca and Arsenal are the best teams in this competition. Yes, I, I think that's probably true. I mean, Barcelona. I mean, they beat Real Madrid in the Supercopa. I talk about fuck modern football. The they they now play semi-finals in the La Liga Supercopa and it's played in Riyadh. No thanks. But anyway, there you go. Modern football few they beat today and they're going quite well. Barcelona. We'll we'll come to that. You could time, see, yeah, but, you could uh, see that they were getting better at the end yeah. of the last season when Xavi took over. But I mean, I guess other things. Like I thought Anthony was much better today. One of my mates calls him Derek Zoolander because <laughs> yeah, he's, right. not an, he's not an ambitious. No, you can yeah. only turn one way. You're not an happy turn. You can only turn one way. I'm <laughs> turning. You can't see it because it's a podcast. Yeah. I, I mean, it's true. He does come inside. He doesn't even attack the player on the inside, though. So, I mean, he's... It, the, the frustrating thing with him is you just want him to use the ball quicker because, especially if we're going to play Veghorst or Weghorst, which, which way is it in Dutch? Someone I tell me. I think it's probably Veghorst. I'm going to guess it's Veghorst, but yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it is. Anyway, anyway, it's like if we play Veghorst and Anthony, there's only one out ball, really. The only one player that's going to use space, and that's uh, that's Rashford. And he can be devastating. Of course, he scored the goal today coming in from the inside. And he nearly scored another one coming in from the outside to the in when Ramsdale saved it low down. But it does does mean that the side defending against United can channel channel it one way. I mean, I think the thing... Fewer the thing... option. Yeah, the thing with Anthony, I think, is that what we don't have, because it, it reminds me, he reminds me in some ways a little bit of Perez, like someone who plays on plays on the wrong side, wants to come inside, and what you need to get the most out of that is an attacking fullback with pace. And sure, we don't, and, and we don't have that. Whereas if you look on the other side, one of the reasons Rash is able to be dangerous is because Luke Shaw is a much better. Well, they didn't yes. play well today. Is a much better fullback in all aspects than Juan Bissaka and Dallo, and. Yes, yes. Particularly yeah. if you've got someone like, and well, not even someone like Anthony. You don't have. You have Anthony. You then you need you need someone to keep the whip because then otherwise the defenders just know can just show him inside and can gang up because then you've got the defender, maybe the midfield player who's in that position, and the centre back who can who can get involved. Whereas if you've got someone on the touchline, then the fullback has to make a choice: do they stay? Who someone's got to cover the run of the fullback, and we don't we don't currently have that. But I thought Anthony was better today than he was in midweek. And what I like about him is he does always want the ball. He'll always take the ball. And yeah, we've had two, we've had too few players who, who want, who want to do that recently. So there is that, but you can see that there's work to do with him. 
Yeah, for sure. And and United paid a lot for a for a work that's very much in progress. I mean, I mean the the right back. I'm I'm sure that's why we get all the stories about Denzel Dumfries or any other right back in that neither of them is the complete package. I mean, I, I do think that Dallow's got a more all round game. He still doesn't. I mean, gets the ball into the final third and uses it there, and in, in a way that Wan Bissaka doesn't. He's still not the attacking fullback that I think. That Ten Hag would want. He doesn't like as much as you feel like he might be that player and could have been that player. He doesn't actually do it, and so at this stage, it's all it's all theory. And Wan Bissaka is just there's very little to his all round game. He had three decent games. He did a, a game saving tackle against Palace in midweek, which is fantastic. He 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 put in a similar tackle, though not as dangerous today, in order to get a ball away. They're all right on the margin. I mean, he seems to get them all, doesn't yeah, he? I mean, he's, yeah, he's it, it's so risky, but he's, <laughs> he's obviously good at that. But nothing else to his game is very elite at all. And at this stage, we shouldn't expect it to be. I don't think he's going to learn it. So de- definitely felt like the, the other thing about the fullbacks is, and I guess it's easy for me to say from my, my armchair here talking into a microphone, but they backed off and backed off and backed off. I, it today. was very hard because he did it so often, sure, that it seemed like it was a plan. Yet there was but you nothing just let the player come into a more dangerous area. Yeah, there was nothing yeah. about that plan that suggested it was a good one. You're just allowing him to put the ball across without any yeah. kind of contest. And I guess one of the other things about the fullbacks is I don't suppose they get a lot of help from from the, from the from the wider midfield players and. Ericsson has been slowly getting worse over the last few weeks, and if we're going to, we've be played good, almost every game. So but also, I think if we're if we're going to be good, we're going to need a better player on him. So, I, I mean, I like Ericsson's use of the ball, and he's he's done a lot of assists this season. But yeah, he's not an all-round midfielder. He he has the ball at his feet, and he does good stuff. But he's he's not quick, and he doesn't do any defending. He's very powder puff in defending, and like in those situations where he gets the ball off the the back four as well, it's uh, he even does lose it if, on occasion. So, and even if you excuse the defending, he's just he doesn't have the physicality to get on the ball enough for you to get them for you to get the most out of the stuff that he's good at. And it is going to require someone stronger and faster and younger to come in and take his place next season. I don't know who it's going to be, but we are going to yeah. need someone to come in and do that. that. Well, the answer, of course, should be that United get new owners who want a shiny new thing and they drop $100 million on Bellingham. That's the obvious answer to that that problem. It, we'll see whether that happens or not. We've got three pound fifty in a packet of fags until there's new owners. So that's it's going to make a big difference in the summer, actually, given United's current cash position. But anyway, well, yeah, I do, I do tend to agree that in, if, if, if just on that owning point, if the new owners come in and clear the debt, does that then gives they us? Will. A bit, yeah, yeah, that then gives us a bit more spending headroom, presumably in terms of FFP. Yes, it, it does. Yeah, yeah, there's new regulations coming in. That so the current profit and sustainability regulations that the FA has are changing, and they I believe they're changing to sort of match the European ones, which are about percentage of revenue. So it's going to be seventy percent of revenue you can spend on transfer on squad, right? Squad seventy percent of revenue, then eighty percent, then ninety percent. I, I believe. Oh, sorry, it's the other way around. Ninety. 80, 70, right? So there's a step down to get to sustainability over the next three years, comes in from next season. Currently, United, 
I think the headroom on financial fair play is not that bad. I think mostly this winter, the problem has been cash. There's no cash in the bank and there's probably no uh, room in the line of credit. And they've already got £200 million in spending they owe to other clubs already. So I think that has been the problem. United, once the takeover happens, the new owners will clear the debt for sure. It'll be part of the sale price. And United will actually be in a very good position relative to rivals. It would help a lot if we could sell players. We don't seem to be able to do that. Chelsea made five times as much money over the last five years from sales as United have, which means they can go and spend stupid money on a stupid amount of players. And still be okay from a financial fair play. Anyway, that's a, and still be that's a long discussion about finances. But I don't think United are in a bad position as soon as the takeover happens. But yeah, well, I guess we're at that point now where we're, we're good enough to compete with the best teams in the league because we've seen it. We competed today. Yep. We just didn't have that extra bit of gas. On another day, we get out of yep. that with a draw. But yeah. we're not in a position to feel confident about beating them most of the time. And that the no. only way we're going to be able to do that is players. If Casemiro is in the team today, I think it would have been very different. I don't think Arsenal would have been able to put us under the same amount of pressure because Casemiro does screen and does stop the ball going through the lines. So I don't think Saka and Martinelli would have got it as much. And I think that would have made a big difference. But that's that's down to squad depth. The drop-off from Casemiro to McTominay is, is steep. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, the I mean, the I other actually... thing I was slightly surprised about is that he, he didn't go with a similar formation to the one against City and play Fred in in the middle alongside McTominay and push Bruno slightly wider. It's it's unbalanced. It's a compromise. It's square pegs and round holes, I hate Bruno but it gives you right. a bit. I but, hate him on the right too, but, but he gives it gives you an extra midfielder. I mean, what I'm I I mean I don't I thought he might have been tempted. Maybe he was tempted to put Martinez in midfield just for this game. Put short, short, short centre back and Malassia left back just for this game, just because that would have given us a bit of composure, a bit of authority in midfield that that we didn't have. And you don't want you want Varane and Martinez to play together all the time, but it felt like maybe for this game it would have made a little bit of sense just to actually do something different. And that yeah, I don't know. I've never seen Martinez Martinez in midfield. I don't know if he's any good actually being turned around, which is what would happen in that that kind of position. It wouldn't be played all in front of him, and then of course it'd be Malassia and Saka, which feels a bit unfair. A lot of people were chatting about it. Could have happened. Never seen it, so don't really know whether that would have made a, a big difference or not. We definitely lost all the authority in midfield. McTominay had, is. Although I was impressed with how we came like, when we came back after they scored the second goal. We actually came straight back at them and seemed to have the yeah. gumption to be able to grab a hold of the game. But then as soon as we got it, we retreated again. And I don't yeah, know yeah. if that was just exhaustion, lack of quality, maybe a bit of both. But I still feel, as I've said before, that Varane and Martinez have responsibility for moving that defence up the pitch. And they're the ones. When you're sitting well, and deep, Dave behind the centre-backs who are doing it. Yeah. And I guess... Yeah. You, I guess I can understand why you would do it, that in the last few minutes, you trust yourself to clear the, clear the balls that come into the box. But what I was impressed with, what Arsenal were impressive in the way that they kept playing their football. So they weren't, like, often you find in those situations, teams are just pumping balls into the box. Arsenal didn't do that. Yeah. And and that, that meant that it wasn't that kind of rear guard where you're just chucking bodies in the way. It was actually, they were picking passes and you don't want, people doing that around the penalty spot you want that that needs to happen 
10 yards right. 10 yards further forward no, you're right it does yeah and and like the difference from the city game last weekend and and this one is uh, sorry i feel like a broken record here united were very very good at stopping the ball getting into city's dangerous players up front and today they weren't able to do that so arsenal did play their football they played through the lines they found those pockets of space especially martinelli and saka and united couldn't stop that and so the pressure was building and i think they i think the natural thing is i don't think they tried necessarily i think they just tried to compress the space and that might get men getting deeper uh, also, the players ultimately, ultimately that cost United. Yeah, the players that do that, that get that stop the ball going in, Casemiro and Fred, and Casemiro was spent yeah. the night. As you say, like, I'm, I'm not sure why he played McTominay, not Fred, because Fred looks in better form at the moment, and also just yeah. is a little bit nippier to to kind of to plug those holes. McTominay, yeah. the game pretty much passed him by, and it feels like I like McTominay. I don't mind him being around. But if there was a good offer on the table for him, it would be very tempting to take it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think he's he has so it's all hope, isn't it? You hope he's going to do the the have the one game a season where he somehow makes those storming third man runs. The and Phil never gets Arsenal, in, or whatever. It just hardly ever happens, and and his quality and he's on the is not very good. And he's he's not he's twenty six, and he's also not. A defensive player, right? He's not disciplined. He spent much of the first twenty minutes of this game ahead of Ericsson, which which is okay if you want to kind of disrupt the flow of your opponent, but it left United quite exposed. And yeah, so it, it definitely cost United. There's there's a gap there. We, we need probably three first teamers to really make the leap up, and then probably a three to fill out the squad to be of championship winning quality. And that could well happen. That could well I don't happen. Think, I don't think we're six players away. I think that we definitely we must have a centre forward and we must have yes. another midfield player. Yes. We could get by... And a right back. We could, we could, the, I think if we had Dallo at right back and we signed Bellingham at a brilliant centre forward, I think we could still win. Or whoever, like, non, like, a, a, like a, a proper midfield player and a proper centre forward, then we yep. could get by without another right back and still put in a, a proper challenge to win the league, I would say. I mean, uh, as it Ben is... White and Takahiro Tomiyasu, they're both okay, but it's nothing not, special. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, they're, they're not special players. They're not, we don't, we don't, ha- we don't have to go out and spend money on the best right back possible. I agree that you want options. I mean, you kind of hope that you get your options from youth team players, also reserve team players who are, who are getting better. And I don't know if any of those are going to be ready to play any kind of role Not next quite. season. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Garnacho's closest. Palestri, he's, they're not letting him go out on loan, but they're not using him either, which is a kind of weird, weird place that the player's in, players pushing to leave. Kobe Mainu was on the bench again, but I think I think he is some way off being ready for the first team. Sunderland today also. Again, yeah. And so that's another thing, because someone's going to have, like, I guess, at some point, in the summer, they're going to have to decide whether it's going to be Palistri or uh, or Diallo. Yeah, yeah, and one of them may leave, and 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 once... I suspect because he's pushing for it, Palistri will be the player who who departs, which is fine. They'll probably get the 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 money they spent on him back. I mean, there's the United let the academy go for a number of years, right? And we're seeing some of the we're seeing some of the fruits of the re the reinjection of interest and money into the academy that have started to happen under Ollie now because there's a few younger players coming through who aren't mostly as a group quite ready 
prior to that, there's six years of nothingness, right? Like who are the two players that came through, um, McTominay and Rashford. And there was just nothing apart from that. There's like a generational gap in which United didn't invest in the academy and nothing came through as a result. And that has two big that has two big consequences. One, you have to spend money in order to fill those spaces in the squad. And you're not selling players either for lots of money, which is what Chelsea do, where and City, by the way, where they're, where they're adding fifty oh, it's almost million a business. pounds they to have their budget the football every club year. Business and they have the football club business and they have the talent business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But 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 it's it it sustains the club and it's yeah anyway United neglected the academy it was penny pinching and and there was there were some consequences to that so anyway uh, and back to what back to the Palace game also and what we saw today as well is that inability to kind of press on this wasn't the first or the second or the third or the fourth time it's happened Ten Hag has been bagging on about this in loads of games like we almost ended up drawing that Everton Cup game for example. Because we yeah. didn't push on and go and finish the game. And you can only usually get involved in so many tight games a season before one eventually comes and bites you in the arse. Yep. And Details. Yeah. And that, I mean, yeah, the, I mean, I, I don't know if, I mean, that's what Ten Huff was saying as well as details. I'm not sure. I never quite understand what he means, but like, was, is Michael Elise say banging in an amazing free kick? Is that a detail? I don't know. And today. Well, we well just... it is when he wasn't even a foul and then they moved the ball about 10 yards <laughs> forward. Is <laughs> so, that a detail? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I think the, the difference between like, is it something structural that happened, which is what happened to United like, today, deeper and deeper and deeper, and they couldn't do anything to fix it versus someone smashing in a ball into the top corner, which is a one in 100 like chance of actually doing that so, but it came as a consequence of the, the details of united losing the energy yeah yeah you're right we've seen that a fair bit and but and i guess part of it i think is ericsson really tires after 60 minutes and there's no replacement for him he'll keep the ball so he plays and plays and plays i think he's made played the most minutes of any player this season i guess the reason it's the reason it's easy to be quite reflective about this is that ultimately whatever happened on Wednesday and whatever happened today, we were going to probably finish third or fourth and we're still probably going to finish third or fourth. And we can see progress that the the team are putting in effort. They've got a bit of backbone, not as much as you would like, but they are growing some vertebrae and we can see that it's going in the right direction. And also that Arsenal had to strain every sinew to beat us today and they almost didn't. And as I said, yeah. they're a year further ahead than we are. So yeah, yeah. you can see that in not a lot of time, how we can soon be better than them. And I guess there's also the aspect that anything that stops City winning the league is a good thing. Not much as I'm not looking forward to seeing little Artets and his little trousers celebrating a title. If that's what happens, I can just avert my eyes. Whereas if he's, City he's won such three a, in a row, I could not avert a... my soul. No, I know, I know. It's a, it's, it's. I have the, I have the same. I think we've, we've talked about it. I have the same internal monologue, which is like, I, I don't care about City as a, as an entity as much as I did when they didn't have all this money, and because now I can just kind of write them off. There's an asterisk. It's, it's a sport, state-run sport washing project. Apparently, Pep has been moaning that he doesn't get the credit he thinks he should get. I, I had a good chuckle at that one. Why do you think that is, Pep? And and so like there's there's a there's a part of me that can go, yeah, don't care. 
And it's why rather they won the title last year than than Liverpool, because Liverpool is an actual real club with real fans and it counts for something. Apart from the one they won during during lockdown, which has the, the asterisk Boys season, against yeah. it. D- didn't count. Yeah, no, void didn't count. Whereas Arsenal, Arsenal are trying to do things the right way of the way a club does. It's their own money. They're trying to build and they've got quite a few unlikable you know, Arteta, very unlikable. Ramsdale, Ramsdale very unlikable. Ramsdale, he's next on my list as well. Ram- Ramsdale goes about like oh. he's Buffon. God, he really does. He has an opinion of himself, which is much, much more than his actual quality. As we saw today, Arteta and his tight trousers are just... I, you don't know whatever that they had a close up of his lower half today, and I'm like, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to see it. He's they're so fucking tight, you can see his nads. You know, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, yeah, no thanks. So anyway, um, which which comes back to our, are there man- is there a is there a ranking of managers that are fuckable? So does no, he I mean, rank think, highly with his? I'll tell. You, I think that the thing with him is also that if Arsenal stay the course and he gets tight, he's going to do himself a mischief. He is, yeah. But yeah. To be I mean, he got that, booked today. He's... Yeah, to be that weirdly intense in January is... Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not good for anyone. No, he he almost started a fight with... Who was it? Klopp he started a fight with that time. I can't imagine and, how he could uh, start a fight with anyone. <laughs> I but, I mean, I wrote, I wrote uh, something about this recently that I guess that in the end, the only place that's safer to start an actual fight than the Premier League football pitches in airport because there's not going to be a fight. Although I say that, when yeah. I was coming back from Ibiza in the summer, there was these two kids who were giving some grief to some American Marine type and he decked one of them. Like gave him, gave him a proper right hand, which is not right. something you would ever expect to see in an airport because you no. cannot get away with it. But I think what actually yes. happened was he did get away with it because people were like, yeah, these blokes deserved it. Well... In the same vein, metaphorically speaking, it would be nice if someone decked Arteta. I'm not actually suggesting someone should run on the pitch and kick him like that Spurs fan tried with Ramsdale the other day, but he is he is particularly dislikable. We've got a cup final to get to. And yeah. that's that's Forest in midweek. I mean, what a chance this is! We've got the three cup games in a row now, isn't it? It's Forest, Reading, Forest. I think if I'm if I'm right in saying. And uh, what a chance for Ten Hag to get his first trophy. Let's call it a major trophy. We count the EFL Cup as a major trophy. I think we are. If we're in I the mean, final, we are. Yeah, like the the idea that we would be the Patsies as Newcastle win their first trophy in a million years. No, is unalluring. But we should win it from here. Yeah, and I'd be amazed if we didn't get past Forest. Yeah, I mean they they've been doing better recently. They're creeping up the table. I was actually surprised when I looked at the table yesterday. And they were up to thirteenth. It's quite tight down the bottom, so there's not many points in it. So they dropped trousers. Jesse Lingard, so it's interesting their their revival has come when Lingard has not been in the team. Uh, I don't know whether you saw his interview in midweek. I mean, there's some stuff there. I was like. Okay, he's obviously he's obviously done a lot of personal work, and he's opening up and opening up about the difficulties of the time he's had and his family life, and you kind of feel sympathetic. And then he says some really dumb stuff as well, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, it's the Lingard we knew. So, but anyway, he's not he's not in the Forest team. So I will not always, sure where he's going I with will, his career at the moment. I would always have a soft spot for Lingard. 
because he scored. He saved us. He saved us from the ignominy of losing an FA Cup final to fucking Crystal Palace. Palace. Yes, yeah, that he will always have that. Yeah. The absolute humiliation of, of that occurrence. And it was an amazing goal. And we were down great to goal. 10 men. So I will, I will always yeah. have a soft spot for Jesse Lingard just for that. So, yeah, um, I did. I saw a little bit of the interview. And I think probably United has been a shitty place to be the last decade. And yeah. the way that they treated him was strange. But it also felt like he could have taken command of his own destiny and said, I'm out of it. After the West Ham loan, he should not have come back because it was obvious to anyone, well, where are you getting into this team? Even if Ole says you're getting into the team, it was just obvious you're not getting into he the wasn't, team. He wasn't, yep. Go and play regularly. And United turned down good money at that point and he didn't push for the move. And he complained about not getting the move to Newcastle in that January. And he would have done, except for, as he put it, what happened with number 11. And so after Greenwood was suspended, they they blocked the move, which is perfectly reasonable from the club point of view. Lingard had a contract. He he sort of dismissed Murta and how Murta handled him, said, do you want a couple of days off? Which is, is not awesome man management, I suppose. But from the club's point of view, they needed the player. It turned out they didn't use him anyway, but you can kind of understand the thinking. So I, I don't think, I, I mean, it's uh, players often feel like this and I, I guess you can kind of have some empathy with them, but they often feel that somehow they're owed a place in the team and it's some horrible injustice if they don't get it. But that's uh, the mental, that's sort of the mentality you have to have for, a, for an elite sportsman, except there's also the bit where you earn your place in that team. And well, quite. Lingard was never, he was never good enough. I guess no. he was bitter, not bitter, maybe that's the right word, but pissed off, let's say. Because he obviously had that little run at the beginning of our season, scored that brilliant goal at West Ham, and still didn't get in the team. Yeah, and that I can understand why that was aggravating. But we all know that he's just one of those players that he's just a, a bit below the level that you need for you to be good. You might have him as the sixth. Gary Neville used to say, "Be a good sixteenth man." The last guy in your squad, you get you get something out of every now and again. But any team with pretensions at serious quality it does not have Jesse Lingard in it. Oh, no. Right. And he's not in the Forest team. We'll see. He may get back in for the semi-final. One player who's not going to be there is Dean Henderson. United have blocked him from playing, which is totally reasonable. I mean, why would you give your opposition any advantage whatsoever? He's probably Especially quite pleased. He's probably pleased because he wouldn't want Ten Hag to see how amazing he was. <laughs> yeah, that's and right. Because he'd be and then demanding he, he come back straight away. And got a statue. Yeah, I, I for, who, who's the, it's Hennessy, isn't it? Who's the, the backup yeah. who... Yeah, he made is. the screw up against United the uh, in the league the game. Accidental Nazi saluter. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, uh, him. him. That one. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm sure there'll be some changes because there's clearly some fatigue in this squad. Although two semi-finals against Forest and the Reading game, it's an opportunity to rotate. But even with some changes, United should be too good for this Forest side. Who have I mean, they signed 23 players, and you look at them and go, well, probably another 23, and they might be safe, safe. Although they are, they're not as bad as. Southampton and yeah, they've Everton. Got, they've got some more so, right players. Forest, Forest have got some more right players. But over two legs, it's very hard to see how he don't progress there. Yeah, Gibbs White is finally sort of coming good. I mean, they spent a hell of a lot of money on him for a sort of promising young English player. Brendan Johnson, I think he can do some good stuff. Welsh, Welsh player, 
quite like him. They've got Chris Wood up front now, who they've loaned from Newcastle. I, I'm not sure whether he's cup tied or not. He, he's, I saw some data. I was looking at the FB ref data on Chris Wood. Data on Chris he's, Wood. Oh, yeah, on Chris Wood is absolutely incredible. He is in like single digit percentile amongst his peers. So forwards for shots, expected goals, expected assists, shots on target, goal creating actions. He does absolutely nothing. He's in the 99th percentile for Ariel's one. It's the only thing he does. Lump it forward, yeah. he wins a header. Nothing well, he's like else. Your, kind of your classic Antipodean sportsman, isn't he? God, he's a massive lump. <laughs> he's he's Vegas, but he without the good feet. reminds me of that guy, that guy who plays for Scotland from Australia. I can't remember his name with the with the tats on his thighs. Who's don't who, know? Can't remember his name, but just he puts himself about. <laughs> that is yeah. basically all he does. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a, a comfortable win over the two legs for United. It'll be interesting to see what kind of team do we. Do we do we get to see Sancho? He- Lyndon Dykes, that's his name, right? And he, Lyndon Dykes, used to play. Yes, there's a yes. team in Australia called Surfers Paradise Apollo. Nice, nice. Yes, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how or why, but he used to play for Surfers Paradise Apollo. Lyndon Dykes. I, I suppose it's a swap with a cum dog who uh, who's the Scottish player who plays for Australia. Didn't didn't make it. Didn't really play at the World Cup. I think he got a substitute, a couple of substitute appearances. But Jason Cummings. Anyway, are we going to see Sancho? He's back in training. He's fit. It seems like these three cup games are a good reintroduction. Could be a. It's like a new signing, Dan. Yeah. Well, I guess it's one of those situations where you, I wouldn't mind Anthony continuing because I think he needs games. But yeah, it would be nice. It would be nice to see Sancho, and I'm sure that. Rashford won't start the Reading game. I'd be surprised no. if he didn't start the Forest game because yes. try and put try and get a lead in that one. And it is a cup semi-final. We do need to try and win this thing. But yes. yeah, I'm sure he won't. Reading is the game where you might see say Sancho and Garnacho start those games. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Garnacho get some time, especially since they're negotiating a contract at the moment. Some interesting stuff happening there. So I think uh, he like like trying to take Sancho. The... There was, there yeah. was photos of him. And he, he, he photos looked, he of him on the training ground, yeah. yeah. He I mean, he's had two svelte. months of personal training, yeah. I, I'm not sure what other work he's been doing on his confidence, mental outlook and all of that. So. Although part of me was thinking, I don't know if I wanted Sancho to get exactly thinner because I wanted him to get a bit bulkier, perhaps. You don't want him to lose the pace that he's got, but at the same time felt like he needs a little bit more strength to try and get by people on the outside because he doesn't have that kind of Garnacho-type pace. See what we get when he, he comes back. I mean, it's another forward player and he can create goals. And he, from his time in the Bundesliga, he scored a lot of goals as well. Obviously not so far with United. So it's it's a bonus. I, I think I think we'll see some of him over the next... I mean, he ha- he's had a full week and a bit of training. So it's at least with back with the squad. So it would be a surprise if he didn't get some time. I, I guess we're not going to see Martial yet. He's not quite ready. Dallo, <laughs> maybe he's got this, he had this hamstring problem. So we might see a bit of him. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. Getting, I mean, getting Dallo back would actually be quite helpful. I mean, getting Martial back would be extremely helpful if we got, but yeah. you just, you never know what you're getting with him. So it's just, it seems so pointless and futile for us to sit here pontificating about when Martial comes back. Because no one knows anything. No, he he's he is the original Edison Cavani, and he's a player who decides when he's fit 
not the medical team, not the manager, no one else. And it's deeply frustrating. But, but even yes, when, I mean, I don't even know if it's that. It's just also just even when he is fit, he might be good. You don't he know what be, you're going to get out he, of him. He, might, he yeah. might be dreadful and you've got no idea yeah. what, what it's going to be. So, yeah, I'm, but it, it, yeah, we need a centre forward. I mean, what else, what else can we say? We must have a centre <laughs> forward. I demand a centre forward. Okay. I, I think that's it for now. Thanks, everyone. We'll we'll catch you after the Forest game and the Reading game in on Saturday. Enjoy them both. Speak to you soon. Please.